A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey friends, have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we may still struggle in our intimate relationships? My husband and I have a great relationship, but we are not relationship coaches. And we know that yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational support from a relationship specialist. If you're going through some kind of challenge right now in your relationships, my friend Jason Gaddis at the Relationship School can help. Jason's team will pair you up with a skilled relationship coach, and within 48 hours, you'll be getting private one-on-one support on whatever you're going through relationally. And right now, for my listeners only, Jason is offering half off one month of relationship coaching. Head over to relationshipschool.com slash Laura to get the deal and watch your relationships improve. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer with joy and curiosity. I'm joined, as always, by my amazing, amazing co-host, Kristen Williams. Hey, everybody. Hey, Laura. Thank you, as always, for this amazing introduction. I look forward to it each and every week to see (laughs) what you're going to pull out. I know. (laughs) I've got to get more creative. (sighs) I love it. All right. I'm going to jump right in. We had a question emailed into us. And unfortunately in taking the screenshot, I forgot to write down the, I I missed who had sent this. So I apologize. You will know it's you because this is very specific, especially if you are watching us on YouTube where you'll be able to see the picture. I'm going to show Laura here. So this is her question. She says, A friend of mine had a motorcycle accident last September and only, quote unquote, broke his arm. Uh, But since then, the ulna is not growing back together. They plan to place an insert by sawing out a piece of the hip bone. 
he sees a physiotherapist, two times a chiropractor who alleviates the pain uh, a little bit, and a Chinese energy massage therapist. Do you have any recommendations of what he could do? And if, for example, doing the reset, perhaps dolphin or shoulder exercises may help. Attached is an x-ray pick. So I am going to show this on our, so you can see here the two bones where the ulna is not healing. Mm. So it's mm-hmm. a non-union fracture. You can even see in this picture, Laura, can you see that the, they were, they tried to plate. You can see the holes yeah. in the marrow. They've tried to plate and it's not staying together. So that's where the, that's the humeral ulnar joint, right? Yeah. It looks like it's, looks like it's kind of a mid, you know, it's, it's mid front. Yeah. So that's the, that's the humerus. Mm-hmm. Um, Huh, it almost looks like the radius, the radius is fractured. Yeah. Not because the ulna. Yeah. This is the radius. There's the radial head. Huh. Interesting. Well, very interesting. You know, we can the ulna, but it's a picture of a fracture of the radius. Hmm. Anyway. Anyway. Do we have any recommendations for her? You want to start? Oh gosh, that's a tough one. Um, so they did try some surgical intervention based on the, I do believe that they did and it, and it's non-union. And even like I was saying, if you look at that picture, you can almost see where they have tried to put plates in and that's failed. It's so hard Um, on those bones because they're so, they're so little (laughs) and and they move. move Yeah, exactly. There's pivoting and, you know, like putting a screw through sometimes is, uh, very difficult because of the size. I, you know, it's really tricky because this, it's been the, after those early time, that early, you know, months of healing, um, where the stem cells would summon, you know, uh, the bone matrix to, to heal and the surrounding uh, tissues. I, I, you know, this is where I would go to um, a specialist because weight bearing, et cetera, is probably not going to be enough at this point for that type of gap. Um, they're going to look, there's there's different techniques, the PRP injection, stuff like that, where they take in blood pl- plasma and they spin it. So they're trying to get more stem cells into an area to create, whether it's cartilage or bone regrowth. But it's really, really, I mean, I have worked with people who have had gaps, whether it's like where the patello no longer is or, and it, you can, there can be a degree of hardiness that is developed, but that's with, on your lower extremities where you're really weight bearing all the time. Um, And like, to your point, Kristen, it's a spinning bone, you know, that the, the ulna is spinning and the radius also is spinning, but the there's, it's not a stay. It's not a bone that's not moving, unlike your lower leg bones, which are they don't spin. They're staying in place. I I really don't know what the answer would be besides like going into a, a specialist who is versed in this. And and besides a plate, I would think a pin would work even more than a plate because a plate is bigger. Uh, 
you know, a pin somehow between the two bones. It's going to limit the motion though. And weight bearing, if it's tolerated and there's not spinning involved. So that's where you have to really solidify those two bones and not let, not let any spinning happen. So if you're weight bearing and quadruped, making sure you get that like kind of tripod of the hand pressed into the floor and get rigid in the form, not allow it to spin because that's going to uh, create some shearing, which probably feels awful, I would imagine, if, if this person is still having a lot of pain. Um, yes, the reset could be possible. A dolphin should be probably fine because there's, you know, your forearms are down and, and not letting them spin. Weight bearing on the hand is just going to be like, can you do it without any of that spinning? I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's a tricky one. And I'm right there with you on that. Uh, I think there's a whole host of stuff that can be worked on. Like you said, the reset, most of that in there can, can be done because we aren't weight bearing through the hands per se. We can avoid that. Um, and, and that might, if nothing else to, to the um, individual who sent this in, just getting back to activity. This guy was, a you know, he's riding his motorcycle. Clearly he is an active, you know, um, adventuresome, adventuresome mm-hmm. guy. So if, you know, getting him, if you check out my weightless and the wrist series, there's a lot of areas where just putting the fingertips down where you're not bearing weight through that upper extremity, but still being able to move using the forearms, like Laura said, avoiding that spinning where just might not feel good. Now you can live with a non-union fracture. My mother-in-law has broke her uh, humerus in a bad car accident when she was 18. And so her humerus is essentially maybe three inches shorter on the left. She lives a full functioning life. Now she can't wash her own hair and things like that because she can't elevate, but she's living without pain. I mean, it's not that he's still in that it was September. So it's not even been a full year. Mm. You know, he's still maybe dealing with a lot of pain issues. Uh, obviously he's still seeing people, but let's think on strength and function of that, keeping his shoulder girdle strong. Um, all the things you can do in side forearm plank where he can keep the side body strong, even with the other hand supporting um, just to keep him moving and really getting creative. Again, if you go on Lit Daily, check out that Weightless and the Wrist series. I, I, I really had fun making that, creating classes where we weren't bearing much weight through a hand, which is basically the same thing as not bearing weight through a forearm. And then you can really have him work on activating those scapular muscles um, without traumatizing what we can see in that picture is a very unstable situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, That radius wants to spin around the ulna and it can't do that. So we are both unstable at the, at the elbow and at the wrist because of that non-union fracture of what I believe she's talking about the radius, even though she's saying ulna. Um, But um, the reset would be a great place to start. Mm -hmm. And I would also uh, consider like making a fist because when you make a fist and you're weight bearing, like through that, you're going to get some inherent rigidity. You know, once you have the hand, like the hand, the the wrist spins and that spins the forearms. So it's not that you can't spin it. It's just a little bit 
a little bit more solid. So I would even have him try like doing a plank on knuckles and seeing if that seems to feel a little bit better, a little bit more solid and certainly hopefully, you know, pain-free. But Chris and I echo like keep moving, find different. This is, you know, I always feel like injuries suck, but they also provide an opportunity to work around them and move and continue to move. Sometimes people even get stronger in ways they didn't even imagine because they've had to be so creative. So don't go from, it doesn't sound like he's doing this, but you know, like, don't let it be like, I can't do anything or I can't ever put weight on my hands. It's just like, be a little creative with how to do it, but keep us posted because, uh, yeah, that's, those are tough. Those are tough injuries. These really specific, um, areas that, that move a lot and that also, um, are not, not inherently as stable anyway, because of that, the two points of movement that you're getting in the wrist and the elbow. Good luck. All right. Next question. This is from Lauren Connell. She asks, thoughts on cranial sacral therapy for neck and or back pain? I can speak to that. Yeah. I mean, why don't you I, go? And then I'll, yeah, I'll, uh, interestingly enough, when I was in PT school, so here's a funny little backstory that our, that our fans will like when, um, so I met my husband and then we kind of got separated because I was still in college. He was in grad school. And then when we got reconnected, it was when my gap year after college and I was living in Michigan and he was in Virginia. And I just so happened to have applied to the medical college of Virginia and was waiting to get in. And He's like, well, why don't you just move down here? And I said, okay, you get me a job and a place to live and I'll, I'll move down there. Within three days, he had me a job at this place in Richmond where I became the office manager, technician, jack of all trades for a very small physical therapy clinic. This is where this is going. I'm not very foo-foo. I'm not, I'm very tactile, very um, orthopedic thinking, very biomechanical and working with this, these two women, it, it was very eye-opening to craniosacral. I had it done on me. I, I can, uh, in many different forms of it, um, it is very unlike traditional physical therapy. Um, very, uh, at least this, again, this is 25 years ago. So a lot has probably changed since then, but um, people swear by it. And they come, they would come in for injuries of everything from it is cranios, you know, sacral, but they were treating all the way down to the foot uh, and knee with these different types of craniosacral therapies, because, you know, that is our, the theory behind it is, you know, something central nervous system related, um, where that's the kind of the, the, the central processing unit of the body. So can you Yes. I think if you are in the, you're in the right hands, I do believe these two therapists had a gift. They were very extensively trained. Um, I do think it takes a certain person to do it and do it well. As with any type of therapy, I don't, I think it's a piece of the puzzle that we need to always remember that even your orthopedic therapy, your pelvic floor therapy, your dry needling, it, it's, it's a, it's a tool in the toolbox. So I have seen it work. I have felt it work. I have seen people have their life changed by it. I don't understand it. I don't practice it. I don't partake in it any longer, but, um, I do believe it can help. 
That's my story. How about you, Laura? Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's it's very subtle. So for people who uh who like to experience like a like a feeling of something being shifted, you 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 can't, you have to go in there expecting that's not going to happen because it's very subtle the idea is like even the skull it has it had it was pulled together and it has suture lines and those suture lines have fascia you know, so if you just imagine kind of like parts of the skull all kind of sewed together, for lack of a better word, but that sewing is soft tissue. So, you know, think about like a baby, like they say, you know, the, the, that little that little indentation in the head um, is really vulnerable because that the connection of the suturing of these different cranial sections hasn't happened at that age. Well, we so the idea is that all all of this is fascial related, but cranial sacral, unlike other fascial techniques and restructuring, is very subtle because you're you're dealing with the position of the skull, the the skull parts themselves, and then that how that all is connected to um, via fascial connections to the sacrum, and. Yeah, I think it's powerful, and it's like Kristen said, one area, one one modality, or one part that, like, if you have not had experience, it it would be interesting to try. I think it's really great for people who have chronic headaches, who have chronic, um, like, sensorial. Um, like neck stuff, nerve stuff that that is kind of comes and goes, and they're not sure about, and they've tried other things because it can be a very subtle alignment that gets everything almost, you know, reset, just like we talk about. So, yeah. yeah. All right, you got a question? Right. Yeah, I do. Our friend Suze sent in a question, and see, she asked, "Does post-stroke fatigue ever go away?" And is there anything that can be done to help it? My dad is 68 and had a stroke in early March. We feel very lucky to say that the damage was very minor and the only side effects he's still dealing with are a bit of impaired function of the left arm and hand and general fatigue. Oops. He is going to um, therapy for the left arm and hand, but I'm wondering if there's something he can do to help lessen the fatigue. I'm not sure if this is just something that needs to run its course or if it's something that will stay the same or get worse if it's not addressed. It sounds like he's pretty exhausted most of the time. Would love to hear your thoughts. I'm going to defer to you to start with that. I was going to say I've had, so this is, when did he, when did he have the stroke? Uh, Early March. Okay. So this is super early. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is absolutely normal. Um, You have to think about he is healing in a huge way, nervous system neurons, it is exhausting. And so I've worked in acute stages um, with people who've had strokes all the way up to, you know, 10 years later, but those acute stages, and that is really a year is kind of acute. Um, It's very tiring and interesting. Like that's a huge part of in therapy when I would work with um, stroke patients we, I would see them for two hours a day in, in two different hour-long blocks. They would almost always have to go back to the room to rest. 
their calorie intake was also increased during this time because uh, it's not that they're burning more calories. It's just more is needed because this is like the, the, the energy they are expending on healing is a lot. And that, so it is totally normal, Suze. And I would just say, let those rest periods happen. Uh, It just kind of like everybody, uh, frequency is good, but duration is not going to be there. And frequency for him might be two 30-minute sessions a day. And then it gets up to two 45-minute sessions a day. That's still a lot. And then rest in between. Let him, because he's going to feel very exhausted. It is, it's just imagine like having a really, really bad illness, virus or something and how you're knocked out and then just multiply that because <laughs> it's in your brain. So it's, it's a lot of healing and it's absolutely normal. And that is, that was a big part too, is um, working the endurance uh, with, with anyone who's had a stroke working on their endurance, but not pushing it, you know, just finding that kind of fine balance of like working as hard as you can and then relaxing. And I would say if he doesn't already have somebody who's helping on, on the nutrition end, it might be something to think about as well, because he's, he is healing and he's, he's needing even more really good sustenance to help with that energy load. Yeah. I think she needed to hear that just needed to hear that this is normal and um, just that awareness of how much energy we expend to heal. And, you know, he, his brain is healing. His brain is also rewiring. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we think of a stroke. A stroke is like a roadblock. So his body has gotten very good for he's 68, 67 and a half years doing things the same way. Now suddenly he has this roadblock. So his brain is having to form new pathways to do this same thing he's been doing for 67 and a half, 68 years, just to tag it on to why lit can feel so tiring is we're asking you to do the same thing. You know, people will come, we have athletes, super athletes that come and they are exhausted by a, what you and I now, our brain is so adept at doing this, that it's like no big deal, but that the amount of energy it takes to, to, to find a new pathway is we feel it in our own bodies when we first start lit yoga. So think about that. That's just doing something in a new way. Your dad is literally finding a new path, like literally creating new synapses to do, to use his left arm and, and, and leg and, and make that feel more natural to him. So that exhaustion, you know, if you can take it from when you first started lit, how tiring it was, take that, like you said, and multiply it, the virus feeling times a thousand. And, and, and you think of babies. I was just going to say, think about babies, babies. like babies sleep all the time. They're up for like, they're up for like an hour. And then they're like down for three hours. They're developing and their movement develops their brain. And the more they move, they're going to have, they're going to have those like, you know, periods of like, they, they're, they're taking three hour naps. It's Yeah. It's, that's, I was thinking of that too. I like thinking of a baby, like a baby is not like an adult. It's not awake for 12 hours of the day and performing it even at a mid level. It's like, they are, they're up and then they're down. And that's because that's again, normal. that's totally normal. So this is all really normal. And I love how you 
paralleled it with lit because I think that's, you know, when we always talk about the path of least resistance is the least amount of energy expended, right? And so that works from an evolutionary standpoint for lots of things. But with that, where we are now in our lives, living longer, having more experiences, more, our environment is so much more expansive than it was in our, you know, early, uh, early evolutionary development. Um, we need to challenge our brains. We need that. Uh, we need to constantly work on rewiring so that we are, are actually more efficient because the path of least resistance, while it might seem like it takes the least amount of energy in the long run is not the most efficient one. So when we think about longevity, it's like, how do we live well for many, many decades? And path of least resistance is not going to do that. So it takes energy to actually make us more efficient in the end. Yeah. Great. Great. Ah, beautiful question. And you all can ask any questions. As you can see, we had a whole spectrum from, from bone breaking to cranial cycle to stroke recovery. And we're, we're up for it all. And we appreciate um, you sending us questions. You can always send it to us on Instagram. I'm at laura.hyman and Kristen is at... I'm at yep. I'm at kbwilliams99. And you can also email us at support at lityoga.com. And that will be forwarded to us. Yes. And as always, we love, love, love uh, doing this podcast. We would so appreciate if you would click that subscribe button and maybe even write a review, right? We love seeing your reviews. Um, pass this on to other people because we want to we be doing this for decades. So we would love your support in that endeavor. As always, we're pulling for you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.